Hello, and welcome back to the Detour podcast with me, Sarah Taff. Before I unveil this next episode, I want to let you know that there is one episode left in this season. Noah, today's guest, along with previous guests Nick, Becky, and myself, are going to jump on a call this weekend to answer questions asked by listeners. Everything from where do you poop when you're on the job through to the best memories of the job to date. It'll be pretty hilarious, and if you want to add to it, just shoot me an email, sarataff at gmail.com. This week, I want to introduce you to Noah Sullivan. Noah is just about the most Canadian Canadian I have ever met. He grew up in Ontario in a cabin that his dad built, and their family had a dog sled team that they trained and raced. And come spring, you could find them tapping their maple trees for syrup. After finishing his first year of university, Noah decided to follow in his dad's footsteps and try tree planting out for a summer. On this episode, we talk about the two main we talk about two main themes. One, Noah's perspective on planting as a varsity cross country athlete uh, at university in North Bay, and second, about outdoor survival in tree planting. Noah is such a motivated and hardworking human who will definitely be leaving you feeling inspired after this episode. Welcome to the Detour with Sarah Taff. Have you ever expected your life to go down a certain path and then those very plans changed entirely? Join me for our first season of this podcast, a deep look into the biggest detour my life has taken to date, tree planting in Northern British Columbia. This adventure unveiled a lot for me, and I think that you're going to find it pretty interesting too. I find that the best way to kind of jump into the conversation is to talk about how you heard about tree planting. So I guess two, two kind of pieces to that question. One, how did you initially learn about tree planting? And then how did you learn about tree planting in, in the way of, of actually seeking employment? Okay. Yeah. So it was my, my dad who tree planted when he was around my age, like from just out of his first couple of years of university or college. I think he planted for four or five years and just had a bunch of wild stories that he was always telling and stuff. So uh, I really liked the idea of it. And it was then Matt Kotze, the legend. He, I went to high school with him and he was going out there for the summer with Joe from, from first year. And then, yeah, I just called up Joe talked to talk to him for like 10 minutes and he was like all right I'll see you in April <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. you would kind of like you grew up hearing about tree planting from your dad's stories and then the window of opportunity came up after your first year of university and you're like okay I've actually got this season where I can do it now yeah yeah it was a pretty abrupt decision because I was just planning on working construction for the summer and I was getting that all lined up and Matt just shot me a text one day and yeah, I think within like the week I had made the decision or something. So nice. it, was pretty, it was pretty exciting. A little yeah. bit of faith, I guess, but. And what would you say motivated you when you like to, to decide to not do construction and do tree planting? Um, probably the like adventure of it, I guess. I hadn't really traveled much yet at that point. So I was pretty excited to get out and do something a little bit more on my own and out in the world rather yeah. than yeah leave the small town of Perth or whatever so. <laughs> yes yeah, so that's where you're born and raised is Perth Ontario yeah around there like half an hour north but yeah yeah yep. that's awesome and so you went out in your first season you kind of had this fun adventure um, of being out in BC wilderness BC west coast Canada which was all kind of uncharted territory for you 
and then you decided to come back for a second season. Would you say that the motivation was similar for the second season as it was for the first? Um, probably different. I think the first season well, really showed like the the friends you can make there and stuff and the like, good time, obviously, but also the financial opportunity with tree planting is pretty crazy. So as a student, that's definitely a big motivation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But yeah, like the adventure and the stories are always like a great, great reason to come back and stuff, but money helps. Totally. It's kind of a good combination of things. Like you're, you're outside all day, you're making money and you're hanging out with cool people. So it's kind of hard to have too bad of a time, but what would you say, thinking of bad times, actually, would you say there's any point that you're like, that, that was the worst, that was the worst time of my tree planting? Yeah, first year we were on a, we got put onto like a special like six pack with Josh Purdy. He was running, I think it was when Adam took over for Joe and it was on a crew with like Nick, Nick, Josh, maybe Skylar and Frankie or something. Yeah. <laughs> and we went to this block and they're like, yeah, it'll take the day. Um, like it's not great land at all, but you'll be able to get it done in the day. And it was the worst thing ever. It was like a 45 degree angle. It was like all alders and raining for three days that we were on it. Yeah, that was brutal. We were planting, I think Nick and I were maybe putting in 400 trees a day, like working our butts off for that too. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah, that was, that was the low point probably. Yeah, that that's understandable. I mean, 400 trees a day is uh, for an athlete like yourself, Noah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A little bit of a slow day. But. To show in contrast, would you be okay sharing with the podcast audience your best tree planting day? Yeah, I guess so. Well, normal length planting day, my best is just over 4,000. And then we did an extended day with Josh Purdy last season and just got over 7,000. 7,000 trees. Yeah. You planted 7,000 trees in one day. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like 14 hours or something crazy yeah. that's insane yeah it definitely was wouldn't recommend <laughs> <laughs> worth it for the paycheck maybe it's <laughs> up for debate <laughs> yeah no it was yeah. a good experience though I'm glad I did but it was fun yeah. to do that with Josh so totally and so I think a really unique perspective that you have Noah is that you are an athlete like you're obviously a cross-country varsity athlete where where you go to school at North Bay but you've had an athletic lifestyle since it sounds like since the beginning of time for you, like it, sports and challenging yourself has been a core part of who you are. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I don't know. I was always just in the sports, I guess, growing up, whatever it was. I remember like, and that was my parents too. I think started that off. We used to do running races and stuff all the time when I was like too young, <laughs> but yeah. And just all the way through school and everything got really into it and pretty passionate about staying busy so it was pretty I got pretty lucky coming to North Bay and really getting into the scheme yeah and so for someone who maybe doesn't know much about like cross-country skiing can you just paint a picture of what does it look to what does it look like to be part of that varsity team yeah it's not a very large team I guess we have a men's and women's team I think ours has like 10 men on it right now and we train together all year round. So in the summer, we're on things called roller skis. 
so yeah, you can train all year round. And then so wait, roller skis. So like literally yeah. cross country skis mixed with roller blades kind of thing. Yeah, they're just like shorter than skis. So probably like three feet long around. Yeah, yeah and just small wheels on the end that don't have brakes or anything. So a little sketchy sometimes, but yeah. We just ski on them on the pavement and stuff. Yeah. And then winter comes around and we race all over Canada. Some, sometimes we'll go out to BC or Alberta, but mostly in Ontario here or Quebec. Yeah. And do you do a mix of classical and skate ski? Yeah. Each race we'll go to, we'll have like, it's normally a race weekend. So you race two or three times during the weekend. And yeah, yeah. it's a mixture in, of techniques and distance. Yeah. And so like how much would you train if you were on the team it all depends I guess depending on the week and kind of what we're trying to do whether you're peaking or whatever but somewhere between like 10 to 20 hours a week of of training and then yeah which I mean doesn't isn't necessarily a ton but with with the school and stuff it keeps us busy for sure and so how did you find tree planting like from a physical stamina perspective in comparison to the training that you've done, whether it be cross country or previous high school sports teams? It's very different. Like in training, you're tiring yourself out, but the ultimate goal is to build your fitness and strength up, right? But tree planting more just breaks you down <laughs> if, you're, if you're not being careful. Yeah. So like, I don't know, especially my first year, just went, went probably too hard all the time. And yeah, the body starts to break down a bit, I'd say. So definitely yeah. a different type of uh, grind. Yeah. And I... I mean, I know this because you and I chatted about it on your 7K day, but do you find that there's been tools that you learned through your sports that have helped you be successful as a planter, whether it be mantras or I don't know. I mean, so much, so much of tree planting is around headspace. Really, there's like a, a degree of physical endurance that will help you, but the rest is really mental, I would say. Any tools or tricks or things that have helped you? To say the well, some from this last season, the one I focused on, which is like cueing words that we use in skiing to trigger technique and cues while we're in a race or something. Yeah, so you and I talked about that. I'd kind of associate one word for the day or something with like a way I want to feel or way I want to plant or move or however. Um, so found that helped to like reset, reset a lot when you're getting tired in the middle of the day and stuff. Totally. And could you give an example? of sure work. yeah I mean like that 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 big day I was just using water because yeah I knew if I just tried to like bull that day and muscle it out I was gonna die pretty early on so I tried to kind of remember to flow around like water and just go with the go with the flow use the current I guess yeah totally and so I'm curious to know if you think being an athlete or a cross-country athlete like how would you say it's helped you and on the flip side, would you say there's aspects of it that hindered you from being successful in planting? Yeah, they probably, probably for the same reason, I would say is helpful and hinders me sometimes. It's just that used to that hard work, I guess, and always want to keep going and going harder and doing better, which is great to, I guess, get faster and make money and stuff, but can be also easy to burn out that way and get hurt or yeah, just get tired sometimes so for sure yeah. yeah yeah that's true it's like when you go into a job interview and they're like what's your greatest strength you're like I worked <laughs> really hard 
Excellent. Yeah. Great. I think it's also weakness because you need to, you not that you need to, but finding that point of making sure you don't burn yourself out. Yeah. There's gotta be that balance for sure. Yeah, yeah definitely. And so I know that you're, you've been a little bit kind with your, we train 10 to 20 hours. Like when you were telling me your training last summer, like training for a varsity team sounds crazy. Maybe you're doing 15 to 20 hours, but it's 15 to 20 vigorous hours, right? Like you're not going for a casual walk or a light jog. It's typically pretty tough work. Yeah. Yeah. It, like the workouts very large, but so if we work off of heart rate zones all the time, so where you are in relation to your maximum heart, heart rate. Yeah. But generally like sometimes through the week we'll have like just like one or two hour easy skis or something or in the fall easy runs or whatever. But normally when they get like we're doing something easier, we go longer in time. So um, like this weekend, we had a four hour ski on Sunday, but the day before that we had harder intervals. So closer to max, max effort. And that wasn't as long. That workout only took like an hour or something. For sure. That makes sense. Yeah. So do you feel like planting is a break? Probably mentally, I guess especially talking to Seb, my, yeah, my roommate, who's also skis and came out last year for him. He's been training all year round for like 10 years. Well, basically his whole life, I guess, for this sport. So to get that break for the summer, I think was kind of refreshing for him and to be able to come back for the fall and be pretty yeah. motivated. Um, but yeah, I, like I find it is different, right. To break it up. Cause I guess I haven't actually trained for a full summer yet myself but it can be pretty long it sounds like by the time you get around to actually getting on snow yeah I believe it and I mean you're so focused on on the one activity mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and with that you're I mean you're like a student athlete right so part of the pull to come planting initially was the adventure and then you discovered like oh I can actually make a bit of cash came back your second summer made more cash would you say that it's enough to get someone through school if they decided to go planting? Yeah, for sure. Like, I don't think, I don't think too many people go out there and end up making less than what they would make doing a, a normal job at home or anything, right? For the most part, especially students, like you're not getting too much above minimum wage or anything. So yeah, that's definitely attainable in tree planting. And yeah, for like people who get really, really good at it, you can definitely make more than that too a lot so yeah yeah, it's definitely a pretty nice option yeah that's sweet I mean I think that's I mean in one aspect for myself if I could go back in time I would I I think it would have been a great university job I mean it didn't really fit with the program I did but I do Mm -hmm. think the timing of it is really set up perfectly (laughs) yeah yeah perfect yeah I think it's a a great kind of system too for for students who are wanting to make that money like if you want it, it, it's there sitting in boxes for you to go get, right? So yeah, you can make as much or as little as you want really with that. Yeah. You're your own greatest motivator or enemy, depending how you look at it. Like if you're mm. kind of set your, your goal. So actually with, with that, Sarah. cash breaks with Sarah, exactly. <laughs> for the record, the cash is the place that you go to get your trees so the foreman brings in boxes of trees and then they store them at the cache. Uh, the cache also is where everyone drops their backpacks off. They have water and snacks and 
Sometimes you just got to sit and have a cash break. The nine bar or one or seven or, <laughs> or two may have a really bad tummy ache. I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah it sounds like it wouldn't be fun. <laughs> <laughs> so to help you kind of, obviously it's, it's variable with what you're making and, and to your point that, you know, you're getting paid per tree that you plant. Do you find there's any strategies that you've brought into play to, to make sure that you're consistently making money? Because it could be, it could be very easy to say like, oh, I had, you know, three really productive days. So I'm going to slack off for a few now or like, you know, or, or the prices are changing or the land is changing. Like, how did you, how do you find navigating being consistent with hitting your money goals? Probably just by that, like setting the money goals. I like setting one every shift kind of, but then also having a day minimum where you're like, okay, even if it's a bad day, tough to make money, I'm going to like work really hard to just hit this minimum. And then I could be happy with that. And on good days, if you go above that or well above that, then that's great. But just having that like baseline where you, where you know you're happy with it, but yeah, give you something to work for always. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, if you know, the season is like between 20 to 25 shifts, you know, you're getting between 60 to 75 days of planting. And if you have your bare minimum, say it's 200 bucks, then, you know, at the bare minimum, what you'll walk away with at the end of the season and then everything else is, <laughs> is icing on the like. And everyone's going to be different because everyone has such big, like there's such a wide range of planters and capabilities and stuff. So for someone coming in, like me coming in my rookie season, I had no idea, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> maybe $50 is my minimum, but you never know, right? So It's so true. And it's funny. I mean, I think there's a common rhetoric that, oh, planting, you can go make a lot of money, but I don't think you really know like what you can make till you actually get there and see what yeah. it's all about. Well, that's, yeah. And it's so much not what you think, I guess, too, right? I think maybe it's been Phil just talking, telling stories about big footballs, players coming out and stuff, these big, like, burly guys, and lasting a week or two. And then the smallest, like, men or women who you wouldn't expect can surprise you sometimes and turn out to be ballers. Yeah. Or, yeah, just great planters. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it's interesting. So I'm curious to know, obviously, being on the ski team, you have to have a number of skis and you also just, like, biking and things so it's easy to maybe incentivize yourself to, to work harder like do you see can you like envision a pair of skis at the end of a shift where you're like oh my god okay if I make this much money I can see myself wearing <laughs> those skis <laughs> yeah I mean maybe not like quite the, the wearing or whatever but yeah I always do that even if it's especially on like bad days and then even if I'm lying to myself like say that oh yeah today's money's going toward this or whatever like help yourself out that way give yourself some motivation like feel like you're going to do something with your money Even yeah maybe I won't and not but yeah it gives you something to go for eh? something to get excited about totally something to help motivate you a bit when you're like motivation gets low it's fun you know part of me wonders if the lack of connectivity to the material world makes it harder to incentivize yourself with things like if it's you know, you're like, yeah. okay, I could buy a new laptop, but their nearest Mac store is 16 hours from me. So it's not yeah. even <laughs> like it's maybe too far removed. I don't know. It's funny yeah. though, because when I talked to my dad about when they planted, they would plant for like 20 days in a row and then have more days off than we do. Oh, okay. So instead of the three and one on off, they'd go sometimes 20 and then five. 
But so when they had those five, they'd go into town and guys like who weren't smart would be, yeah, they could lose a lot of money pretty quick, like in bars or on whatever toys they want. Oh my gosh. I, yeah, I think it's honestly a blessing that we just, as the season progresses, we get farther and farther from civilization because it would be so easy. You're like, oh my God, I have so much money in bank account right now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be a problem. (laughs) Yeah. And so an aspect about planting that I haven't really spoken about on the podcast yet, which I think, Noah, with your background would be super interesting to hear is like outdoor survival, because I think what's interesting is tree planting, you know, could get posed to a group of university students to say like, hey, great job, you know, the timeline works perfectly with your, your school year and people come out who've never gone camping before. Yeah. And I don't know if perhaps it's just my, my perspective on things and I could be totally wrong. I think that there's a little bit of a missed opportunity on communicating like how outdoors this job is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you, you got to be ready for that, I guess. Are you going to get a smack in the face, I think, when yeah. you're there sometimes? <laughs> yeah, like, can you can you talk through what are the outdoor aspects that you need to consider with a job like tree planting? Yeah, well, we live in a tent for four months, like your own little tent, not like a big fancy tent, it's a tent. And then that's outside, so it gets cold. Like, the season was ridiculously cold, right? Like it was minus 10 at night for the first month in June and stuff. (laughs) Brutal. That's, that's cold. And then, and then it's not like, oh yeah, I get to spend my time sleeping in like cold, but then I go get to get, go get warm or something. Like you're, you're just outside then you get out of your tent, you're outside, maybe the mess tent's warm or whatever, as long as the heaters are working, but then you're going out to work too and the rain or hail or whatever. And yeah, that can be pretty demoralizing being wet and cold all the time but then also the heat and sun too like that's always that's probably almost worse sometimes they eh? like get get heat stroke or whatever out on the block and oh you can be toast for like a shift so the weather is obviously a big element that you yeah. need to consider what about yeah. wildlife would you say wildlife yeah <laughs> yeah i mean you're not gonna have too many re- actually very dangerous encounters i'm sure everyone gets some scared i guess the uh, every season and stuff right but for the most part the only real scary thing I'd say is the odd black bear right but for the most part they're pretty just pretty curious so they generally scare off pretty easy I guess and everything but it's pretty cool that opportunity honestly to be around all those types of animals and stuff and you're it's not like they're coming into your home anymore like if you live in the country or something or, or you're in the city and you see some raccoons or something like you're in you're in their territory and you're out there so yeah seriously and for someone that you know maybe has never gone camping or doesn't know what kind of wildlife would exist like what what would you find in a tree planting season from a wildlife I mean you you mentioned black bears would there be anything else yeah you're seeing moose the odd time it always ends up to be like a fox around camp or something it seems like and all your other average smaller critters I guess I I woke up in my tent and went to put my boot on one morning and found something squishy in the end of it and it was a mouse and that's like that kind of freaked me out for sure so uh, yeah you're living out there with them but yeah I don't know and I guess it all depends on the area too right like when we're in the burns and stuff we're not probably seeing quite as much of the large larger animals and stuff so yeah for sure and what about bugs like what kind of bugs do you encounter all of them black flies (laughs) mosquitoes your horse flies and stuff 
I feel like everyone has their like least favorite bug too. Like, what would you say for you? Probably black flies. Yeah. Because they're most and yeah, most annoying, I think, right? But yeah, yeah, and it's just so tender when they bite you. Like when you get yeah. a few of them. To, I mean, the mosquito mosquitoes are annoying. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. However, if you don't scratch yourself, they go away within 12 hours. Yeah, manageable. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas black flies, it's just tender to touch. Yeah. Just yeah. The, oh, and then the people who have like reactions to them and stuff, and like the eyes swell shut and everything in camp. That's brutal. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like what what you're saying from an outdoors to be successful is like you need to have a good sleeping setup because you're sleeping yeah. in your tent for four months you yeah. maybe should be acquainted with what to do if you see some bigger wildlife mm-hmm. but also be acquainted but know them because I mean this, this is me totally speaking from experience being a, a big baby scared of black bears and then this past season really trying to get over this fear and yeah. coming to learn black bears are not really that aggressive no no you yeah you overcame that big time eh? yeah but I mean yeah. That was maybe a thing that would have been helpful to know prior to going tree planting is like True. to do yeah. a little PowerPoint presentation on black bears. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They should send that out in like the tree planter package at the start of the season. Yeah, seriously. And I mean, the, I mean, this is my own two cents is I think pop culture has kind of made bears seem a lot scarier than maybe yeah. they really are. Like, like, ah, bear. And of yeah. course, I mean, if you see a bear, be aware yeah don't just play dumb to it but it's not going to come rip your head off no not at all like yeah yeah I don't know we like everyone sees them out on the block and most of the time once they notice you unless they're like just being curious or whatever once they notice you they're just gone into the bush or whatever right so yeah totally so we've got get a good sleeping setup be aware of your wilderness what else would you add into some like for someone to be learn your knots I don't know get a good tarp. Knots. yeah <laughs> yeah tarp tarps are definitely a nice setup for camp give you some extra space to hang out other than just your tent I'd say yeah I guess the knots and stuff is it'd be like yeah not a bad idea I guess for someone new to camping before they come tree planting to like when you're at home like set up your tent and maybe try setting up a tarp with like a couple trees or something if you have the, the access to that or something yeah yeah just get used to and just making it work like that's that's a big thing in tree planting is is just like going with the flow and making it work like nothing ever works out the way you really predict it to or perfectly so yeah just figuring it out if you had to say three items which I mean the other piece that we haven't talked about is clothing that you wear or hats but -hmm. if you had to pick three items that you think are like the most I don't want to say give you comfort but will make you successful surviving the outdoors oh like if you're gonna pour money into three things and then everything else is value village secondhand what would you say are the the things that you should you should buy quality tent Tent. first one because some people end up getting like a cheaper tent or something right which i mean if that's all if that's what you can afford or whatever then so you gotta do but like staying dry at night and stuff is is big if you can keep your your clothes and your tent and all that dry and have a good sleep before the next day when you got to go out and be dirty and wet and stuff then I think that's a big one or else even coming home if it's been raining all day oh yeah you come home to like a wet tent 
Yeah, not not fun. No. And then like boots, I guess that's clothing though. Like, I mean. Or whatever, yeah. But like yeah. having yeah having sore feet or or whatever all day is not going to be nice when you're on your feet for ten hours of the day. So that's definitely a big one. Oh, what else? That's not, maybe I would say. I didn't even do a good job of this. I always just envied Nick whenever I saw him because he always had a good rain jacket for days off or around camp after work. One that like he wasn't going to wear to work when to get like, dirtied up or ripped up or anything, but just to be like, nice and warm and comfortable in camp. I'd say that's a good one. Yeah. yeah I would have liked to have learned from learned from that one and done that. <laughs> some more seasons. Seriously, have two rain jackets. It's so true because if you've been out planting all day, and then you come back to camp, your rain jacket's likely still wet, but then you want to change out of it and be dry. Like you want to put on a fresh raincoat. I yeah. think that's a good one. I kind of forgot about that. Having yeah. two rain jackets. I mean, hot water bottle, I think is oh, also a pretty clutch. Yeah. I forgot about that one. Especially yeah. for like the first month, first six weeks of planting when, yeah, to your point, yeah. it's just so cold. Yeah. Yeah, I can remember last season when we packed up from the first camp we were at and it was frost on the tent when you got up and I was like, I can't roll these up. Like my fingers are so cold. Oh yeah, I remember trying to stuff those tents together. Yeah, those are brutal. Hands are just absolutely frozen. Just the worst. Yeah. Okay, so I part of the reason asking you about your perspective on the outdoor stuff is because in my opinion, you are really... I think one of the most equipped people for the outdoors. Like you've done a lot of outdoorsy activities and I think it'd be fun for you to talk about, you know, what are some of the fun outdoor things that you've done in your lifetime? Because I mean, I know, but I think a listener would find it interesting. Like why, why am I dubbing you the expert? Yeah. Okay. Well, so got into planting through my parents, I guess. And, and that's probably all of it. I guess they're, all they're both outdoorsy people so I kind of grew up just doing camping canoe trips and stuff um, that was our holiday instead of going to Jamaica or whatever we were canoeing and then I grew up dog sledding for a while so we had 14 dogs that yeah we trained through the fall and raced in the winter and all that and had a great time with so I think I did that from like when I was six to probably 15 or so we were kind of racing the dogs or at least had them around and were training so that was, that was, that was a great time. And I wish I would have appreciated that a little more when I was younger, but it's a lot of work, but yeah. And then, yeah, like dad, we were always fishing and like we were into hunting and trapping and all that kind of stuff. So that was, that was just like, yeah, spending time outside. That was kind of the deal. Yeah. So, and I mean, I know throwing into that too, like you guys, your family, you tap your own trees for maple syrup and very like a very yeah. iconically Canadian childhood you know someone someone who's never been to Canada had to think of like what what does it look like for a kid growing up in Canada it's like oh they have the dog sled team they they go hunting they get pelts they maple the trees backyard. yeah they've got an igloo in the backyard they fall yeah. and split their own trees and they have a wood-fired oven like <laughs> it's very very <laughs> Canadian and I think I mean I would consider tree planting to be a very Canadian summer job, kind of fitting in with that iconic. Do you, would you agree? Do you think so? Yeah, it's, I feel like it is definitely. I don't know. I guess I don't know my tree planting stats at all, but I feel like we're definitely, like, I don't know how much else goes on in, 
at least in the same capacity as here, right? Yeah. Like, what was it? It was something crazy this year they're planning. Was it like, I could be way off. Was it like 300 million or something? Yeah. Yeah. For the 2020 season for BC alone. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty nuts. A lot of trees. <laughs> yeah. And you're living out in the bush. So what else can be more Canadian? Very true. Yeah. So circling back, I don't really have this written in the notes there. However, I think it would be interesting to talk about team dynamics because being on a lot of different sports teams, you've probably learned what you found makes a good team. So maybe we'll start there. Like what would you define maybe before we start there? Would you consider tree planting to be a team sport? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. I agree. Like, I mean, you're you're definitely going out with the motivation of what you plant is the dollars that that then come into your bank account. But for you to be successful in doing that, there's a lot of team pieces that have to come into play. Like, I don't know, what would you say would would then make it a team, a team kind of um, thing? Well, probably basically all of it right from when you wake up, right? Like you've all got to get to breakfast and load the trees on time in the morning so you can all get out to work and do that right off the bat. Like when we're loading trees, you got the whole crew in a line loading them. And then and then when we're out on the block, you're working together to work the piece properly and help each other out planting like terrible piles of slash. I feel like the best are, are people who you want to plant with aren't aren't the people who are just out there to like, yeah, make their money, right? You're out there helping each other to, to do that. Yeah. Totally. So could you maybe just talk about an example of how people work the piece as a team? For someone who's never gone planting, they probably picture like you're just, you're out there planting a section by yourself and then you finish it and come back. But right. th- that's not the case. Not for us at least, right? Like yeah. I guess other companies do that a bit more where one person will get their own section. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, for us, we, yeah, you'll have like, I guess it depends on the size of the piece, how big a land, right? But probably anywhere from generally like five to two people, a piece of land that is often not just like a square or anything so the tree line which we always have to plant up against bubbles in and out and can make all kind of weird shapes and stuff so you're always just working together to plant that uh, as efficiently as you can so not leaving bubbles or weird spots that you have to go back to later or anything like that so they each everyone can just move fastly or as quickly and when you're saying a bubble like you're kind of trying to mop the floors from the back of the room to the front of the room yeah exactly yeah 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 you don't want to like painting a room you don't want to plant yourself or paint yourself into a corner like a floor or something right like, yeah yeah exactly. and then have to walk over what you've already painted or yeah, yeah. Exactly. totally yeah, so working from the we always head in straight to the back and then plant our way out generally yeah yeah totally and so with that what are some of the elements that you think make for a good team communication yeah. Which can also be a huge morale booster thing, right? Like when everyone's hooting and hollering out there yelling at each other in a fun way is always is always great. Keep the day going faster. Do some howling. <laughs> yeah, some big howling. Everyone loves that. And then yeah, communication and oh well, that's a big one. But I'm always yeah. Communication's a big one, just to say like hey, I'm out of trees, or yeah, or hey, just, there's like a bunch of slash up here. 
Yeah, letting everyone know what you're doing so everyone can react accordingly and or telling your foreman, like like driver um, or someone who has radio, like if the cache where we have our trees is getting low on trees, we gotta let them know before it actually runs out so then people understand around. For sure, yeah. I would add to it also like taking one for the team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, some sacrifice. Yeah. Now and then, I mean, obviously, like, don't always put yourself in the crap situations, but there's good land to go around for everyone. You don't need to hog it. And then there's also a lot of crappy slash. Like, don't be the one that avoids it. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's always never fun. The worst. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my goodness. What would you say that you enjoy most about the job? The people. The people? Uh, sure, yeah. Yeah, because like what Cheech or um, always says, right? Like, no, everyone hates planting trees but loves tree planting. Because the actual planting the trees isn't always the most fun. But when you get to come home to dinner, which is always great, and then have a bunch of friends to sit around a picnic table with and just chat or pick each other up if you had a rough day or anything, is always great. Uh, Play yeah. some crap. I don't know. What's that, sorry? Play some crib, you know? Yeah, play some crib. Yeah, some tatan. Yeah, all the good stuff. Yeah. What do you find the most challenging about the job? For me, I probably found FOMO. So like fear of missing out, I guess. Sometimes being at, being at home. Because, you know, you've got all your friends back home too and things things that you would be doing if you were home. And uh, I mean, summer is a very fun time wherever you are. Like sends out, people are barbecuing and drinking and going to the lake and everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, we have like, we obviously have our, have our fun times too and have a great time. But yeah, sometimes you, um, yeah, I feel like you maybe wish you'd be somewhere else sometimes. But I think it's like important. I tried to do that more last year to really live in the moment a little bit while you're out there. Yeah. Enjoy Choosing, that. reminding yourself that you've chosen to be here. Exactly. Yeah. And if you're yeah. going to be there, you might as well be there. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Your favorite tree to plant? Spruce. Spruce. Yeah. So satisfying to plant a straight spruce. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Really so satisfying. It just ends up so perfectly straight where the pine is kind of this bush more so than a, a natural yeah. tree. You yeah. hardly see the pine sometimes. Too. Yeah. yeah, it's so true. Your favorite meal at camp? Butter, chicken, or lasagna. Good choices. Your favorite camp? Probably dream camp. Yeah. Uh, first year. Or the one we finished on this year. Was that like sand flats or gravel camp or yeah. something? Yeah. Yeah. Dream camp is pretty beautiful. You're uh, yeah. just right on this massive lake. You can go swim every day after work. Very good. Your most important camp comfort. A good bed. Yeah. yeah. I did the I did my first sec season on like a really thin thermorast without a pillow or anything and it's like not a good call not worth it so a really <laughs> good bed is yeah. yeah get a good pillow get a good sleeping mat your best camp life hack uh, maybe two pairs of boots that was kind of just always lucked out and had that but it'd be nice to if like you just had a rain day but then sunny the next day throwing on wet boots is not fun so if you have a second one you can just like be dry and stay dry that's huge your what do you think are the best boots to plant in oh well, i like the scarpa kinesis i think is what i was in this season 
but I am a big fan of cork boots as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, nice to feel like running on the logs and stuff when you're wet. Oh, totally. Yeah. And your favorite song, pump up song, rolling onto the block. Good as hell by Lizzo. Good as hell. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So good. Okay. Thank you for joining us today for episode 10. If you enjoyed it, be sure to subscribe, share it out, tell a friend. And if you want to learn more, you can head to my site, saratoff.com. And we will see you next week for the season finale. Hello.